Hello, happy Star Wars Day. While today will be a fun affair talking about the never-built-in-a-Marlan expansion, Lucasport, we at Unbuilt would like to take a moment to talk to you about the dangers of Death Sticks. Death Sticks are highly addictive despite their shiny veneer. Make no mistake, younglings, Death Sticks will mess you up harder than a hit from a wampa. They're called Death Sticks for a reason. Although the High Republic has yet to ban them, we can assure you that legislation is being drafted in the Galactic Senate right now. We hope that by next Life Day, all sales will be banned on Coruscant and other core worlds, banishing them to the Outer Rim. Until then, just remember, avoid the glow, just say no, no, no. This ad paid by the Council Against Death Sticks and General Frivolity. Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host Ryan Dorman, and may the 4th be with you. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Star. It's time to talk Star Wars. Indeed it is. Batten down the hatches. <laughs> uh, Everybody's favorite topic. It seems like we can't talk about Star Wars without being negative. But all the good <laughs> new Star Wars stuff that's coming out recently should should make us more positive, right? Like, um, uh, Well, there was Andor. So, I mean... Th- yeah, that's th- there's true. A, there's a little... There's there's a little happiness there. There's like a, like a, like a light... Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, of hope. the day we released this uh, Star Wars Visions, which um, I'm looking forward oh, to. Yeah. I like I yeah, like yeah. the last bunch of those. This yeah, one, they were good. Yeah, you know, this one has um, installments by Cartoon Saloon and Ardman and other major studios. I'm looking hmm. really forward to that. Well, there you uh, go. There is mm-hmm. a Star Wars to look forward to. <laughs> uh, not much else though. No, did you didn't tune into season three of The Mandalorian? I, Jack I did Black not. And Lizzo and I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. The The Mandalorian is exclusively watched by me on Twitter. That's yeah. it. I can't <laughs> just. I won't spend the time. That. <laughs> yeah, that was a bizarre episode. <laughs> <laughs> it truly was, and we were like, "Well, you know, it's nice. It's getting back to the episodic television stuff." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "I don't know, man. This is this is weird." <laughs> It does not feel like in the universe at all. It just, I don't so know. John Favreau wrote most of season two. If not, actually, it seems like he wrote all of season three. Excuse me. I meant season three. Not season yeah. Two. Yeah. Season three. He wrote pretty much all of it. Okay. But he mm-hmm. didn't write, did he, he didn't write the rest of the series. Did he? I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it was mostly him for the rest of the oh. series, but he didn't, he would share scripts here and there. I but, see. Yeah. But uh, I, I, it was, it was pretty much all him for season three, and I guess his his approach for season three was uh like meander a lot and yeah. then come together at the end because I, I, I thought the season three finale was okay. Like the prior episode, the penultimate was pretty good, where they go back to Mandalore, and then the season three finale is weird. Mm. <laughs> uh, they gave Grogu a droid he could pilot and walk around. 
like only to get rid of it in the finale. <laughs> it was so, so, so weird. Uh, uh, that's that's the best thing I could say about the Mandalorian season three. Well, and here's it, season four, right? Do you know how? <laughs> do you know how season three ends? Doesn't it end with like a Looney Tunes like yeah. Iris clothes or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it ends with an Iris out on Grogu trying to catch a frog. And I'm like, what? That's what is awful. this? <laughs> and they knew they were coming back for season four, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't know. Man, I don't want to be too negative on Star Wars because that feels like you you talk about Star Wars and it's like you're stepping into it. You're stepping into every single cynical and overwrought reaction there is. Yeah, but it, it's hard not to be. So right now we're going to be looking into the past back when it was just three movies. But before we do that, um, did you did you catch a little thing that happened on the Rivers of America back in, uh, a, a couple weeks ago? That it was on. Uh, 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 you didn't. I didn't give enough time to think of a good joke for this. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the absolute catastrophe uh, that was the most interesting thing to happen in Fantasmic in like a decade. Oh my gosh! Um, Why do you hate Fantasmic <laughs> so much? No, I don't hate Fantasmic. It's just it's old. <laughs> it's 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 you know they they refreshed it pretty recently they did well yeah. they added a couple scenes right and they they removed uh was it pocahontas is that what they no, did that's that's the florida one this was the oh. anaheim one wait they didn't replace the same ones on, on no because the anaheim one never had pocahontas and all that see this is where this is i don't remember enough about phantasmic i mm-hmm. will give you an, an infinite amount of credit for knowing the differences in scenes between each ghost fantastic. Yeah, I, I I did. I saw the video of the poor unfortunate dragon. Yeah, so that was Murphy, Murphy the dragon, and is that what the, is that what they called it? Yeah, so that was um originally the phantasmic dragon was just like a like mechanical head on a stick. Yeah, and then in two thousand nine they replaced it with this full audio animatronic dragon that was so plagued with problems it was a whole thing was it was going to debut in 2009 as a part of this summer season spectacular but mm-hmm. it didn't debut until september of 2009 they missed it by this much uh because the mechanical dragon just would not work and they would test it after hours night after night after night and then it finally got working uh the neck broke in 2010 so then they had to build rebuild the entire neck of the dragon and of course the way that it goes out is that it catches totally on fire uh in front of a uh audience of uh, like a thousand watching it burst into flames Hmm. that's pretty fun i mean it's pretty scary right i gotta imagine if you're in the audience and you watch the whole show i don't know if anybody in the audience was ever really scared i mean you have a pretty good distance between you and the like uh the island that it's performed on Hmm. (laughs) but I just I I love how uh, the audience is just like kind of looking over it in awe. Did you see like the one clip where there's the fireball going up? And yes, they were like, I Whoa! did. Oh, well, there's like at some point it's like, um, oh, geez, my, my mind goes to uh, uh, it's like the Challenger explosion where you have no clue what's supposed to be happening. <laughs> Cut that right? out. Yeah. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so many years ago. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> I gotta imagine some people are still. It could have been mm. Big Bird. Big Bird true. probably hears it, and, and it's true. Feels like, but no, it's like one of those uh, events where I imagine you know people who are familiar with the show are like, oh, that's not right. That's not supposed to happen. For mm-hmm. a brief moment, I imagine most people were like, oh wow, fire, and then oh shit, <laughs> the fire is not stopping. My, and, my favorite uh, part of when it happens is when Mickey like defeats the dragon and she starts screaming in agony. <laughs> This is like perfect time. Still burning. So, did, were any? No one was hurt, right? Uh, no, nobody was hurt. Uh, maybe some people inhaled a little too much smoke, but besides that, everybody was fine except for this burnt to a crisp dragon. And Phantasmic uh, will be on hiatus for another couple weeks. Okay. So we'll I, see I if it they, comes back. Yeah. Was it just a coincidence that they pulled the Maleficent float from the Walt Disney World parade, or was that like a? I didn't know they did that. <laughs> I I know that the day oh, after. Okay. Yeah. Running, because they but... were they were taking away all fire effects. So like Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular had their fire effects pulled, and uh, World of Color had their fire effects pulled. So that is, there's... that's so weird. That's such like, mm-hmm. a weird like damage control thing. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um... I, mean, I think they've done things similarly in the past with like alligators. And yeah, I was about to say the yeah. gators when they removed all the gators, <laughs> which is That's so a different weird. story, like, though. Yeah, because mm-hmm. well, kid, somebody kid someone actually died. died. Yeah, exactly. But well, I don't it, know why I'm was, laughing about that. What's but. what's so strange about that situation was uh, did 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 anybody like blame Disney for that? I, I for mean, the alligators? I, yeah, for the gators. Uh, I think they were. I think there was like a very brief like oh they should have been more secure around the water yeah. so, like you should because mm-hmm. now there's gates in front of every right. yeah natural water source or mm-hmm. i guess open water source right not natural um mm-hmm. yeah but I, for this i i can't imagine anyone was mad at disney about no. the <laughs> or about like the thought there was a danger yeah exactly oh no i i the only th- people are gonna be mad is uh people who bought like dining reservations to see fantastic. <laughs> they bought the glow with the show you're right and, uh, they bought they were like oh we're gonna go to the club 33 and then we'll see the phantasmic and then now it's all poo pooed yeah, you can't do that anymore th- if you go to club 33 and follow it up with phantasmic then phantasmic's okay i'm not anti-phantasmic i'm not pro i like phantasmic i don't like that new pirate sequence that they added in that that sucks yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah so that that happened over the week um did anything else happen in florida did anything else happen in florida i don't think so Hmm. i think that it's generally been a pretty quiet news time aside from a couple like tiny restaurant closures here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been pretty uneventful, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I, unless you're unless you're, you're you're talking about the the absolute dumpster fire that is Disney politics right now. Ah, yes, <laughs> that did happen. Uh, so uh, I really quickly wanted to dis- address this. Yeah, uh, Ron DeSantis and his. Central Florida Tourism Oversight District Board, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, they basically Disney made an agreement with itself from when it was Reedy Creek to take over all responsibilities. And uh, this this new uh, district or whatever it is, board, tried to void it despite that being against constitutional contract law. 
and Disney sued, and now they are countersuing uh, because we don't live in a shared reality anymore, and they think that uh, any law will just apply to them because they're mad that Disney said very reluctantly that maybe gay people shouldn't have their rights infringed upon. This is just going great for them, don't you think? For 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 Disney or for the Florida government? Uh, I don't know. Depends on who you, uh, <laughs> what reality you want to subscribe to. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ron DeSantis, the Republican Party, they're all fucking nubs, anyway. <laughs> I I I find it so difficult to like. I, I vehemently, you know, I imagine and most people listening to the show vehemently hate Ron DeSantis. Um. And, and and the Florida government and mm-hmm. Republicans and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's obviously this is just a sign of like the short sighted culture war. Um, it's mm-hmm. getting annoying. I'll say that like it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's but I I don't know. I don't know how long this goes. Do you think they just keep suing each other over and over and over again <laughs> until Ron DeSantis loses and uh, is no longer the governor? Well, the, as I mean, you can only appeal so high because every time you appeal, you go to a higher court. And that's right. The highest court in the land is it's the Supreme Court who may end up, you know, you know, tossing the lawsuit down to a lower court and saying that will be the final decision. Uh, mm-hmm. Which could take years, and I think that is that is DeSantis's play right now. I think is he wants to keep this lawsuit train going on and on and on until he's out of office. Now that's for uh, uh, nearly four years, so yeah. I don't think that he will ever have the chance to not see this overturned or declined or defeated, Sure, uh, which is very likely. Uh, if you guys want to listen to reasons why it will likely be defeated in court and declared a win for Disney, uh, you can listen to the Disney Dish with Jim Hill and Lentesta. They go over some great reasons on why DeSantis will lose this case. But mm. I don't think a case like this will necessarily take four years to come to a conclusion. But I do think that the dude is super, 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 super scared of being defeated in this situation because we all know the dude wants to run for president. And eventually, it doesn't matter if it's 2024 or 2028, he wants to run. That's that's his goal. Right. It's super obvious. That's and all this all is, it takes, is grandstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All it takes is going on a debate floor and Donald Trump or whoever going, you got outplayed by Mickey Mouse, you got defeated by Mickey Mouse, and Ron DeSantis, all, all he can do is make that stupid fucking face he made when he was uh, asked that interview in Japan. And uh, he doesn't want to do that, but he will because he sucks and he's a big dumb loser and uh, I just plain don't like him. I mean, yeah, that's that's not a controversial opinion, right? That DeSantis is a loser. Obviously, the point of this, right, is to say I went up against the woke left indoctrinating mm-hmm. our children, yeah. gay and trans ideology, yada, yada, yada. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it does seem like it's backfiring, which is not which is it's a little surprising to me. It's not exactly how I thought it would go. I 
would have thought, okay, this is annoying. This is obviously a culture war move, but he might benefit like the conservatives. But mm-hmm. most people seem to think he's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Because he okay. looks like an idiot. Yeah. Okay. So right now, the uh, Central Florida, whatever the board is, I always get the name confused. They, they met. They met and they had a meeting where they, they announced that they're countersuing Disney. But before that, there was a public comment. And the public comment was from some dude who was is a Republican voter and was with DeSantis until he started this stupid war because, yeah. surprise, surprise, this. it's raising his taxes <laughs> <laughs> to pay for this stupid, stupid war. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, like Ron keeps like shoving his foot in his mouth. They asked that he said they were he was going to impose tolls, and then Tallahassee went, "Hey, Ron, mm, I think that might be unpopular with Florida voters. You freaking moron!" So he pulled that, and he just keeps throwing stuff like a state new state prison, and it's like, okay, why? Just because of Disney and how, like, so you're just going to put a random building next to, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You're just going out nonsense because you you literally cannot admit that you've been owned. But I'm sorry, Ron. I, I hate to break this to you. Your political career is ruined. Goofy has killed it. Okay. Donald is digging your grave. And Mickey is going to bury you in it. Okay. Just to let you know, you're done. You're done. You I don't know if I agree have? with that, actually. Uh, I I think he's done. I don't think so. I think that you you give him enough time. Give I mean, not that I'm supporting Deron DeSantis becoming any kind of like candidate for anything. Hopefully his career is done. But I am a bit I, I think that uh this was just like really stupid, but it could, you know, benefit him in the long run. I don't think Naturally, so. you could just say, Oh, I went up against I think this again. is the this is super foolish. I think he fell flat on his face. Yeah. 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 I mean big corporation Disney. Nine times I mean I, look, I hate big corporations. Sometimes I even hate Disney. But like <laughs> goddamn. You don't say. I mean it's like the famous they've been making fucking Disney lawyer jokes since like the nineteen eighties. Right. Like, it's yeah. just that's just what you don't do. You don't, you don't go yeah. up against Disney and property mm-hmm. law and uh uh, uh and their freedom to be uh, to be a big company. So yeah, fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> There's no Republicans listening to this. <laughs> That's not true. Sometimes you'll you'll tweet something, or not you'll tweet something, but I would tweet something, and people would be like, "I'd be like, you're an idiot for voting for this person." They're like, "You know, I'm just trying to have a civil conversation." But maybe there are Republicans listening to this. Uh, <sighs> just, <laughs> you know, I mean, when I voted for DeSantis, I voted for him for these reasons. Also, I hate gay people, but you know, I just want to have a good conversation with you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, screw off. Uh, okay, so <laughs> with that said, uh, let's move on to our main topic uh, for this wonderful Star Wars day. But first, this. All right, finally, here we are in our main topic. Uh, and today we are talking about Lucas Port. Lucas Port. Uh, it sounds like the what they're building at the uh, in California and the Expo Exhibition Center. Have you seen that museum, that George Lucas Museum? 
Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's giant spaceship and it's been building like forever. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking about it last time I was in California. I was like, I wonder if that's even come close to being finished. And it doesn't seem like it, although it's supposed to open relatively soon, right? It's supposed to open next year. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, good <laughs> luck. We'll, we'll, <laughs> good, we'll see. Good luck with that. Maybe George borrowed the same uh, contractors that Disney uses, you know? to what that that was a disney slow construction joke oh we we're supposed to laugh I, I... <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep going okay <laughs> all right so uh lucas port was a uh expansion to tomorrowland and uh right off the bat in the show notes you can see that giant crystalline structure and that concept art uh what are your first thoughts about when you see this thing <laughs> It looks like the same crystal building that we've been talking about over and over again. Exactly. It like, really does, and, doesn't it? <laughs> we've talked about the the Tony Baxter crystal building like five times, I think, on this show. He really, <laughs> really wanted to put this in, in the theme parks. Maybe someday, someday some Imagineer will put this crazy thing in just for you, Tony. Uh, so mm. <laughs> let's begin. Uh, Ron Miller had approached George Lucas in his waning days to bring Star Wars to the theme parks. Shortly after, Michael Eisner took over to the Disney company and continued the relationship, leading to Star Tours and Captain EO becoming Tomorrowland mainstays. However, as we discussed last year, there were many other ideas that Imagineering came up with. Tony Baxter and crew were particularly bummed about the recent cancellation of Discovery Bay. And we're enticed by bringing some elements on over, but themed to the worlds of George Lucas. Enter Lucas Port. And there's more concept art there. A lot of blues and purples. Mm. And, of course, that big crystal structure with the monorail. The one thing I like about it is how the monorail comes out. Of it. That's really It does cool. look really nice. I imagine mm-hmm. it would reflect all over it or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so many are misinformed that Lucasport was a replacement for Tomorrowland at Disneyland, when in fact it was actually just merely an addition. Tomorrowland was itself to be bathed in dark blues and purples alongside the glistening white of Space Mountain. At its center would be the crystalline structure, very similar to the one seen in the unbuilt Discovery Bay and Epcot Land pavilions, which we've talked about before. Mm. This would replace the old Carousel of Progress building, and the monorail would be rerouted to go through the structure. And you could see the overhead there of how it would be laid out, the kind of common thing where... They have the two show buildings as you enter Tomorrowland, but then mm-hmm. like straight ahead is Lucasport, and then you jut to the right, hard right, and there's Space Mountain. Uh, the submarine voyage would be updated with a futuristic loading station, and the Autopia would be lar- left largely alone. The people mover would also be rerouted to weave in and out of the crystal structure. The rocket jets would be removed from their old place and housed on the top of the crystal, inside, within. Uh, Seen zooming along to outside visitors, beckoning them in. So you would go into it, and at the top, you would actually see kind of uh, somewhat hidden. I don't think it would be transparent, but would kind of have that like glazed effect where mm-hmm. you can kind of see the rocket jets moving around. But likely on the inside, it would be fully transparent. Okay, uh, and that it, makes sense. There's, yeah, more concept art. You could see how it kind of looks inside. A lot of steel girders. Uh, and it kind of looks kind of Ralph McQuarrie-ish mm-hmm. in there for sure. Yeah, lots of steel beams. Uh, and you could kind of see like the... In the model, there's that um, 
uh, futuristic submarine station, which uh, I don't really much know bigger. what the point. Yeah, exactly. Much bigger and takes a lot more of it. I'm not sure exactly what the point was there. I guess to match the rest of the area. Mm-hmm. Uh but and the only thing is, I, I don't know where if Autopia was going to be moved or not. I, I can't tell. It looks like it was going uh, to be moved. It would have to be. Yeah. It looks like they built because the, the track uh, in the top left of the picture mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it connects to. Yeah. Like how it used to the end. Yeah, they move the entrance, I guess, is what is just what would happen. I, I uh, think so. I think they shortened it a tiny bit, mm-hmm. but the entrance was moved. I mean, that's yeah. at least what it looks like does yeah you can kind of see also how the monorail has been moved but also like those giant show buildings with the facades or those um giant towering facades mm-hmm. inside guests could take multi-level paths to reach different attractions elevator or escalator would take them to the top to the new rocket jets presumably themed to something more futuristic and darting up to the left and right would send them over elevated bridges into no sh- new show buildings outside the berm these show buildings would be in plain sight just beyond the train tracks with sleek towering angled blue walls creating a unique backdrop for the entire land. Inside these three massive show buildings lie our attractions. The first was a brainchild of Imagineer Gil Kepler, the concept for which George briefly sat in on some meetings for and inputted advice was one that involved guests trapped inside an auditorium that inadvertently beams in a carnivorous extraterrestrial being. The Imagineers were interested in a new audio technology that came about with the invention of digital sound, which can perfectly recreate 3D surround sound at an intimate scale. Marrying the technology of the horror exhibit, initially themed to Ridley Scott's Alien, and then dropped in favor of the Lucas Brand Association, was aptly named Alien Encounter. So this is the extraterrestrial Alien Encounter, and the first time it kind of was birthed. Lucasport indeed had the very first dibs on the then-brand-new project and was to be located deep within the show buildings. Guests would traverse through the hallways filled with steel and glass architecture, giving a factory or used-feature feeling on their way through the area. The most massive attraction would be the Star Wars Adventure a high-speed roller coaster with an interactive element. Now, this may seem familiar, as last year we discussed a variant with a light side and dark side interactive choice. If you remember that, you would like have two buttons and mm-hmm. majority would pick. Dark side would be like more intense, light side. So this is an even more complicated version. Hmm. For Disney and more. The design of the coaster included a launch from Dagobah in a scene featuring Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi. The coaster train was dispatched from a huge swamp-like room that was in fact an elevator like the Haunted Mansion. So you would go in and the coaster would rise, but actually what it was is that the set was lowering down. Get it? You Interesting. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was lower to make it appear like the force was strong with the guests as the rocket sled appeared to levitate high above the swamp. And you can see the concept art for how that would have looked. And I like how Obi-Wan is appearing as this force ghost. Probably like a Pepper's ghost effect or something like that. Uh, the coaster had three guest choice points where you can choose to dogfight or flee. And the dogfight could be a coaster ride with lots of loops or a smooth flight. 
that's interesting. I guess that really <laughs> would that have any effect on like I guess it shouldn't have any effect for capacity on the coaster. Because I would imagine the the loops and the smooth fl- flight sections would be uh, equal equal time. Maybe yeah, but I mean. The thing is, is that it gets crazier. During their ride in the Star Wars roller coaster rocket, guests would have gone through Dagobah, encountered stormtroopers, circled at at walkers, faced a fight between Darth Vader and a Jedi, or maybe an Emperor, uh, go through meteorites, get close to the Death Star, and even escape its explosion. And more concept art, you can see them zooming past stormtroopers and flying around. AT-ATs and flying a bit around like the what seems like the fight between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan yeah and, you know past the Death Star and looping past its explosion now of course such a ride is untenable and would require a massive amount of space and the area beyond the berm at Disneyland just wasn't gonna do it so we got to discuss why it wasn't built well, first, uh, they wanted to move it to a new park. So this was then moved to what's called Ventureport. So this was going to be separated as a different ticketed experience. Now, you might remember that Discovery Bay was also, for a time, thought of to be like this. So actually, mm-hmm. important question. Has there ever been an expansion to a major theme park that was a separate ticketed purchase? Depends on really what you're talking about. Like, like I know there's, there's like some... zoos connected to Hershey yeah, Park. Yeah, and then there's park, like but... water parks connected. Right, and... but I mean like com- the way that that Knott's space area was, the way that Discovery Bay and Ventureport may have been, that the uh, these these planned additional upcharge ticket within mm-hmm. the park. Um, is, so has that ever happened before? I'm sure there's there's a good example of yeah. it. Like one of the things I'm thinking of, there have been ticketed experiences within parks. Sure. Like the Cedar Fair parks had a, a dinosaurs alive attraction and the dinosaurs mm. alive attraction. You could buy a ticket to go inside it and it would be inside the park. And of course there's always the upcharge like sky coasters and go-karts, but I'm not thinking of like an actual land that you had to pay a separate ticket to get into. Universal kind of has this with Harry Potter, where there's a ride you can only ride if you have a ticket to both parks, which is Mm. the Hogwarts Express. That's right. Yeah. So that I think is like the closest I can think of. But yeah, this is kind of loony how you would enter in through Tomorrowland. You would enter in here and uh, let's get into it. Uh, Guests would enter the crystalline structure and take a bridge across the street to a second theme park where Disney California Adventure is today. Lands would include an Indiana Jones area, a Jules Verne area, a land for kids based on Dreamfinder and Figment from Epcot, and of course, the Star Wars attractions. So the idea was abandoned quickly when Eisner wanted Star Wars in the parks much quicker than a massive new theme park with a gigantic coaster with six different tracks could provide. So a compromise was made instead for Star Tours, a simulator attraction that replaced the adventure through interspace dark Venture Port was then scrapped for the Westcott proposal a few years later. 
I, I, I briefly we'll talk about venture port in a second but really i want to talk about this star wars coaster and there was th- it's six different tracks and that is correct because there will be three different points where you would have to make a decision so i don't know if that meant that you go off one way you go off another and then you meet up back again at the same point then you go off one way you go off one another and then again you meet in the same point which would require such an a crazy amount of track switches and i don't see how the technology would number one you know justify it i don't see how these i don't see how these show scenes would be able to support i mean pretty much we're, we're talking about six different roller coasters in one building yeah and, and the way you would do it now is something like you know how rise of the resistance essentially pulls you out of the dark ride and into a simulator attraction right when it locks you into the elevator at the very end mm-hmm. uh that that's how you would be able to naturally pull it off like with present day technology mm-hmm. um is you would have the 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 uh activity during that simulator part depend on the popular vote but you're right in this case you would have three choke points each splitting off with two tracks and i guess they'd have to meet back at the same they would have to unless because that's the thing if you kept splitting it off we're talking about something that would cover the entire state of los angeles (laughs) they'd have to be they'd have to be equidistant like within them again because of capacity Mm -hmm. uh you know if you if you you don't want to have someone pick the looping ride and suddenly you're waiting more time for a train to come back to loading yeah um they i'd imagine they all have to come back to the same kind of track they don't last the same amount of time but no matter what how does block bricks even work in there without Mm -hmm. it not taking forever Ever because okay every time you dispatch a coaster right. it has to hit a different block break so you technically m- maybe maybe if you timed it correctly to where it went through each run but that still has to ensure it 100 ensures that each train is being dispatched on on time or else those blocks are going to be just strangled like crazy yeah. because not only you also have track switches and this is this is the early 80s track switches aren't that quick no no absolutely yeah. <laughs> that's a good point because if you had like imagine the delayed track switches you would have to have so that those three choke points perhaps the attraction slows down to like a crawl yeah and the attraction is split symmetrically so that all three i, I mean this would be like perfect efficiency <laughs> right, but yeah. like that all three coasters are slowing down at the exact same time and someone's boarding mm-hmm. and there's boarding right so you would have this incredibly tight window yeah where the three coasters are choosing their looping or not and mm-hmm. then there's boarding and there's dispatch yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i could tell you there's no way to do a perfect dispatch interval because the way that attraction capacity works is that you have you have an ideal perfect capacity this is the the attraction has to be running at a pitch perfect it's almost impossible to do because every single guest has to essentially be on the same page you would you would have to train people you would have to train like okay let's say that this has a capacity of 1400 an hour okay you would have to train 1400 people to go in lower their restraints and be in safely and to make a certain interval and each ride operator would have to do their job in such a perfect pace 
place that it ensures that they get that train out in a specific right. amount of time. Not only that, but the ride has to run perfectly for an entire hour. And that's just one hour. So <laughs> it's, it is impossible to ensure any of this. So I, I I think it's bonkers. And not only that, but there are, okay, so there's three choke points. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six separate show scenes that are there, but are also gigantic roller coaster scenes, which means they go by really quickly, which right. means they have to be very large. So, so. <laughs> y- you can kind of see where the the thoughts are, are bubbling around Imagineering's head for a way to intersect the dark ride and the thrill ride, mm-hmm. um, which would, of course, like finally come to fruition with uh, Indiana so, Jones. Yeah, right. And, and they Star Wars, of yeah. course, too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they want, they want it to represent Star Wars. And the only way you can do that is by being thrilling because when it, it's kind of the thing with like the Fast right. and Furious mm-hmm. ride, you uh, universal florida which is always getting the joke that it's neither fast nor furious and and that that's kind of the problem that the imagineers are facing where they can't just do a haunted mansion style dark ride where you stroll past the franchise's greatest hits you know you're just kind of like meandering along and oh there's luke learning that darth vader is his father all right cool let's move along oh there's some ewoks cool yeah exactly yeah it's Mm -hmm. why and i can i understand the draw to with the current with the technology of the time right a roller coaster naturally seems like the best fit and i'd be really Mm -hmm. curious to see how it would work especially in the land of practical effects yeah um, you know before digital screens were as big we've seen hyperspace Mm -hmm. mountain yeah never we would never have uh this would have been nothing like that right it would have been so thick i mean no really to me you can see and i think i have my time correct on this you can correct me if i'm wrong but you can see the blueprints of what would become the indiana jones style of physical dark ride um you know this wouldn't have worked as a roller coaster like you're saying to give the guests that freedom and to try to uh, bring that highly themed attraction yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely something that imagine had been thirsting over and it took until like the late 80s to realize it uh the reason why indiana jones happened is because star tours happened uh they discovered the simulator technology and they pretty much went hey is there any way we could reduce this to a smaller model and have it go on a track. And then initially they were like, this is a great idea. Why don't we do this with Dick Tracy? And when Dick Tracy flopped, they converted it over to uh, Indiana Jones Adventure. Hmm. But uh, you could definitely tell that that's a, this is kind of along that same line of thinking. Sure. Yes. Especially Star mm-hmm. Tours. You may, that's a good point. Just mm-hmm. that, you know, if there's a way to show all of these little show scenes and not <laughs> not have to build yeah. an airport, <laughs> essentially, right. mm-hmm. uh, to fit everything in there. What, what I find also interesting is, can you think of, I mean, the only thing that kind of comes a little close to me in thinking about it. Like, think about the indoor coasters that Disney has built. Mm-hmm. Have they really, and, and even Universal, because I'm thinking of the mummy, like, has anybody ever built like a really elaborate indoor roller coaster that's really, like, really well themed throughout the entire thing? 
I mean, because, so yeah. Space Mountain is just a disco ball with lights, and, and it works. I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying what right. it is. And uh, the Space Mountain in Paris has it had a few props, but not like anything super spectacular. And Cosmic Rewind has a bunch of screens and like what uh, the, the like the planet the little props. moon, yeah, the little and then Rock and moon. Roller Coaster. Uh, by the way, uh, Aerosmith just announced uh, they're doing their final tour. Uh, so long, boys. Mothers, lock up your children. Right, <laughs> they're going on tour. The bad boys of Boston <laughs> are on the on the road for one last. I time. meant because Stephen Tyler is a what? Well, yes, a I know that. Yeah. Yes, we didn't have to say that. Is that rock and rock and roller coaster has uh the like the little flat props, and that's pretty much it, right? Um, I'm trying to okay. So with Universal though, so you mentioned the Mummy. I think the Mummy's like pretty well themed, and it there's at least a couple show scenes. Well, there's like yeah, there, I'm not talking about like the dark ride scenes because you couldn't even make a case for like Guardians because it has. How about Green yeah. Dots? Does that count? Yeah, you know you're right. I'd say Green Dots. The Green Dots is like the closest. You're right. I do not barely remember that being coaster Me too. because it's <laughs> barely a coaster. Yeah, I. Like, I, I the tilt track right no i that, remember like very yeah. little from the ride itself so mm-hmm. that's that's fair um I, I yeah it's true i don't think anybody has i mean there's no reason to now arguably because you with the digital technology building those physical sets mm-hmm. uh like they would have in this attraction would be it'd be a lot of money now you should do it right. but i don't think anybody <laughs> has done it yeah disney i mean disney doesn't build too many there aren't too many indoor coasters though right i guess test track if you want to call it a coaster, but I wouldn't. <laughs> it's not a coaster. Space Spaceship Earth. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think you're right. At least with Disney, I don't think there's any indoor coaster that's come anywhere near would, would, that would have come anywhere near this level of 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 detail while also I, being. I don't think any. Coaster. I don't think any coaster period has. I mean, we're talking about like. If, we're, if if you don't want it to be like Rocket Rod's level of dissatisfaction for each coaster right. portion, like we're talking about a coaster has like 10,000 feet of track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, but, I, yeah, that's kind of what you were saying before. It's like if you uh, if you design something around the limitations of the technology, then you might get something more reasonable. But it seems like they just threw everything at a wall. And it really did. It, it was unfeasible. So they said, OK, well, now what do we have to invent to make <laughs> this attraction work because yeah. we can't do it in physical space with uh the current roller coaster technology <laughs> what's um, crazy is that for for a second they were like well then if we can't have it like in here we're just gonna move it onto the parking lot <laughs> it's gonna be its whole separate thing right just absolutely insane and then just like <laughs> and i just like i have a feeling that it the scene is just like mark eads goes to because this is always the story that mark eads goes to toronto and goes into the uh cn tower and does the simulator there and comes back and goes hey guys uh here's a better idea why don't we do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it would like the put the company in bankruptcy on the mm-hmm. other hand though star wars is star wars so mm-hmm. having a separate star wars ticketed thing that would probably be a nice money maker especially at the time um you know notice how see this had the original movies in it why does galaxy yeah. <laughs> not have the movies in it oh i see that's where we're going here 
Yeah. That's where we're going. Um, I do want to say very briefly to mention, uh, I know we there's a lot more about Lucasport, quote unquote. And of course, Alien Encounter, we have talked about and can talk about ad infinitum yeah. regarding Tomorrowland 95. 95 or 99? 90, it, it's 94, technically. 94. But the weird thing is, is that the attraction opens in 94, quickly closes, and then reopens in summer 95 with the go. retool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that that's one thing. I think what's perhaps a more interesting question and when you talk about what if Lucasport was built, George Lucas is not like an incredibly active director. And I never thought about this until very recently, but you go to Wikipedia and it's just the star Wars movies, right? I don't think he, and then THX 1138 and American graffiti and red. Uh, he didn't direct red tails. Did he, did he, I thought he directed no, red tails. He produced, I think there's, I literally think there's two directors on red tails. Let's yeah, he's one. only directed six movies. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, Anthony Hemingway. You know, it's so funny like this, how crazy it is because Mm -hmm. Lucas was so like attached to it, but he never actually like directed it. He was really big on on funding it and and talking about how it was, Mm -hmm. what do you say was the first movie with an all black cast or something like that, which isn't true. But anyways, uh, he, it's interesting to, to, to to call this Lucas port Mm -hmm. because perhaps in the 19th, 1980s hot off of i guess he only directed episode four actually now i think about it well he hot was, off of it the, was that was the thing it wasn't about his directorial it's about his his like visionary status right and that was the thing like remember he he comes out of the gate with uh really i mean thx is more like you know kind of student filmy-ish mm-hmm. uh but uh he comes out of the gate with american graffiti follows that up with star wars and then he on top of it all like is co-producer with indiana jones uh right. Rangers of the Lost Ark, and that like kind of cements him like as the visionary George Lucas. No, it's true. I mean, he has the the perspective. It's just interesting when you call something Lucas Lucas Port. The nature, I suppose, of the uh, the title is like that. This is where the creator this these are the from the mind of the creator george lucas and i I, he doesn't have that same level of perspective nowadays like i don't think Mm -hmm. people look to him as a uh historic he's like a piece of piece of film history especially after the prequels yeah i think that kind of faded away the untouchable george lucas and his storytelling mm-hmm. um who would uh that be today who 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 is such a visionary creatively such that we could have export and have them be or, ha- or have devote their own to give like their vision like a theme park. george r, r. martin maybe <laughs> why of course it's jj abrams everybody's oh, favorite right yeah great <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got it from the visionary mind of Colin Trevorrow. <laughs> I was um, Trevorrow um, port, sure. I go to the Book of Henry. Book of Henry I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go, well, that's the thing. It's it's all about to sit down and he tells you how to commit murder. That's, that's, right. that's the entire how to kill Hank Schrader from Breaking <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, really, I, really quickly, I don't mean to di- diverge, but um, <laughs> I was I'm looking on George Lucas's Wikipedia page, and there is a uh, there is a category for acting credits. Do you do you want to hear his acting credits? Sure. I, I don't. Okay. Where is this on his filmography? Or his, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
it's it's not oh, it's on his wikipedia yeah so his first one is american graffiti <laughs> as a pinky's pizza employee he's just the voice uncredited then star wars a new hope as a holographic monster with a chessboard uncredited and indiana jones and the temple of doom as a missionary <laughs> uncredited i don't remember any of these. i don't remember that one but this is the craziest one um hook as a man kissing woman on bridge uncredited do you know who the woman kissing man was i don't i, I didn't would even you, know he would was you, the, the man would you would you believe it's carrie fisher uh, well congratulations <laughs> george <laughs> beverly hills cop as a disappointed husband credited it says only credited <laughs> a disappointed <laughs> husband in beverly hills cop 3 uh men in black as alien on tv monitor uncredited in his final role his final acting role in a feature film is in star wars episode 3 revenge of the sith as baron papa noida <laughs> well, he's he's with his kids in that one right yeah 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 I, I, that, I've that never, one I know. i've never heard the name of papanoida. Papanoida, but but that's the thing he's papa he's star wars papa <laughs> I, I didn't think of that that's horrible i wonder what the kids names are I don't uh, know, and I don't want to look up. No. That, look, so, it up. I mean, look, it's interesting, though. You know, you have... I mm-hmm. guess there was a very brief time where George Lucas was the visionary in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he still continues to be in, like, a very, uh, like, ancestral way. Like, a, he's, like, the grandfather of American science fiction blockbuster, yeah. I guess you could say. He's making that um, museum, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to get finished. Baron Papanoida's outfit's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I hope so. Uh but you 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 don't have that for him anymore. So uh, if they had gone through with straight up Lucasport, that it was mm-hmm. it was called Lucasport. Right. Um I don't necessarily know whether that would have stayed or if it would, which maybe it oh wouldn't god. go away until he was dead. Oh my but god, could you imagine it, that? Could you imagine you if there was there? You couldn't update it. Right. <laughs> There's nothing that red tails. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Strange is, magic. Is George Lucas's name still in the theme parks? Maybe is. I wonder if, I wonder if his name is still on Indiana Jones adventure because it's not on star tours anymore. I don't believe it doesn't say George Lucas presents. I don't It does. It used not. to say, at least it used to say from the mind of George Lucas. I know yeah. alien encounter used to say um, from George Lucas on the thing. Um, did it really? Yes, it did. Like alien, you, not Captain EO. Alien Encounter said. Alien Encounter did. Yes, indeed it wow. did. George Lucas's name was on the poster for uh for uh, Captain EO, but on the signage for Alien Encounter, it did mention his name. And I am looking up the signage for Star Tours. And Why indeed, it? it does not anymore say from the creative forces of Disney and George Lucas, which I don't it used to. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the Alien Encounter. Yeah, from Disney and George Lucas. I, I, I don't. I don't believe Indiana Jones says that anymore, or if it yeah. ever did. I uh, think it used to. I will look up the signage for it right now. But yeah. it, I definitely remember. And uh, when I'm looking up the Star Tours signage, it just reminds me that they they sold this like three hundred dollar uh, Captain Rex figure that I uh, shouldn't spend money on, and I still want it, even though it's on eBay 
TV for like $3,000 and it makes me mad. Wait, every did you time buy I it? it? I want to buy it. So, yes. Like uh, the, it does say it on the Indiana Jones. It does say it on the Indiana Jones so. Adventure signage. Yes, it does. Well, see, that's interesting to me because I, I think that like I don't know whether it was the prequels or I don't know if it's just because he aged like out of being in the zeitgeist. Well, yeah, it was, it was the prequels. He, I mean, the yeah. dude sold Star Wars to Disney. He pretty much, by doing that, was basically admitting, I am not the visionary, the author of Star Wars anymore. Now, yeah, a new generation goes back to He goes back to uh, the sets, and I hear all about it from a bunch of YouTubers. Yes, yes, he does. My favorite YouTubers, like the quartering and... Oh, my God. Oh. Well, that's the thing that that there is there save it from that Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy's being replaced by George Lucas to bring well, the he, uh, yeah. woke mind virus out of Star Wars, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No more Lizzo. George Lucas would not have allowed Lizzo in my show, and exactly. he wouldn't have let her play the flute <laughs> or make music at all because <laughs> no Star Wars characters would have purple hair that's or right. be of different <laughs> sexual identities. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's yeah. <laughs> we cut out that gay kiss and rise of Skywalker. No more of that. George just, is like, no, no gay. I'm not no coming gay. to defense of that one. As look, much as I want to <laughs> as uh, one of them would have to be an alien and he would have the first human <laughs> alien kiss. So Star <laughs> Trek already did that's, that. That's what I George would that. want. Yeah. He he he's more progressive than any of us. Yeah. <laughs> Which is think- so funny because George George is a pretty liberal dude. <laughs> Look at look at uh, uh, the first three uh, the prequels. Like, did you ever hear the story politics satirizing? Come on, did you ever hear that story about when he wanted to expand Skywalker Ranch? No, go ahead. Okay, someone can fact check this, but I swear I've heard this before. And the story basically goes that he wanted to do an expansion to Skywalker Ranch, like additional studio space. And I think he wanted to have like some kind of a like it was supposed to be much bigger. Um, and the local people in that one area near San Francisco that he lives uh, was were really against it. Right? Uh, you know, someone's gonna have to correct this story. But oh god, I've really blown this story, haven't I? What do I do now? I'm like, I've, I've worked my way into the bottom. Long story short, I think George Lucas wanted to do an expansion on Skywalker Ranch, and the local people were really against it because it was really big and really obtrusive. So he pushed for it, and they all denied it. So then he went back to the, uh, uh, he essentially went back to the committee, or he sent his lawyers to the committee and said they were no longer interested in building Skywalker Ranch. Instead, they were going to build low income housing on one of the, or uh, based on one of like the, the uh, uh, city ordinances. And then they allowed him to expand Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I, I will find i will i promise i'll find a source for that story i swear wow. i've heard uh, uh i've heard this before um but yeah i don't think george lucas is going to come save star wars no uh, from the woke virus <laughs> um, i mean come on oh, it is true i found it yeah oh it, right. was, it was in marin county california all right. he initially wanted to build he wanted to build a film studio and mm. they turned him down. So he responded back and was like, you know what? I instead am going to spend my money on low income housing. I don't think he did it. In fact, I think he built the film studio. Of course but he did. I sent you a link to the thing. Of course he and, did. Because anyways, of course. I, yeah, I don't know if the George Lucas name would be enough. Like Lucas Port back then you could have literally done a TV show that was like George Lucas presents science fiction. I don't know. Little shorts, whatever. Nowadays, I don't think you could do that. I, I don't know who you could do that with, though. Um you said J.J. Abrams, but that's wrong. He I'm joking, obviously. 
<laughs> Ryan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, there we go. Yes. From the visionary mind, not, Ryan Johnson. I would not go to Johnson Port. I oh, might go yeah. to Ryan Port more than that. <laughs> I uh, no. I, it would be weird. It, it, I don't it, like. So, what if Lucas Port was built? I don't know if Lucas Port would still be here. <laughs> I don't. That's that's a strange thing because it is pretty much admitting that this man is a brand and what happens when that brand is highly tainted with non-enjoyable things such as the star wars prequels and uh uh, if anybody's listening to this and is like well i like the prequels okay shut up the uh people in the 90s and the 2000s didn't like them and they were generally unpopular and that is a an objective fact uh, if you want to look into it and uh, your nostalgia does not supersede that. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you on this. I'm, I'm with you. Here. <laughs> the, uh, the, the whole thing where they move it to Ventureport instead is probably a little better. And it just says from the mind of George Lucas, which is a sign that could easily take down later. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> just pull him. No more George Lucas. Just yeah. take him down. I mean, they did once. <laughs> they could do it again. That's We could take your name out of here. We put you in here. We're taking you out. Yeah, exactly. I, the separate ticketed thing is weird, and I don't think that would ever work. Just yeah, ever. So strange, but I do like the idea that, that we would get an entire theme park with lands such as a Jules Verne land and a Dreamfinder and Figment land, which is... Yes. Yeah, that's I would exciting. Like to see that? No, yes, it please. Would be, it would be Nigel Channing Land. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that a I mean essentially it's like building an in event, not like interventions exactly, but building like a separate offshoot space mm-hmm. and then having it be a full ticketed event or like a, yeah. putting a Disney Quest inside of a park. Right. I don't know what you would do. Essentially, Hollywood Studios has become Lucasland, so <laughs> maybe. Kind of, but I mean, uh, you do have uh, the left side of the park. It's pretty hefty with uh, Lucas attractions, but then yeah. you do have quite a bit of Pixar no, sure. attractions, too. Sure. I suppose so- a Figment Land would be more uh, weighty than being featured in a Mario Kart ripoff. Like, so it seems like I, that that seems neat, if only for like nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think a separate ticketed one building space, because mm-hmm. this is all supposed to be like one big indoor venture. Right. Port, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that would make it difficult. And frankly, I'm glad they built an entire theme park across the street. California Adventure is a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah. And a place devoted to basically George Lucas and Tony Baxter's favorite things. <laughs> right. It's and like, I, let's put some Star Wars, and then Tony Baxter, you get Jules Verne and Dreamfinder. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, what if, the what if, I don't think, I don't think that the Venture Port idea was ever going to happen. I think the yeah. Lucas Port general idea, there were, there was some merit in there. And if it happened, the roller coaster would have never happened. But let's say that this thing gets built and instead of putting simulators inside adventure through inner space, they put it inside this. So it's this an alien encounter and the, like uh, the rocket jets, the rocket jets are inside this giant crystal structure. I would definitely say that we wouldn't nowadays be having the same problem with Tomorrowland. If that existed, would you agree with that? Tomorrowland in Disneyland? Yes. I mean, like, like, no, yes. it would yes. 
yes. be tiny. Okay. There would, there would still be like, if you mean like a, it being essentially meaningless currently that there's like nothing of value in there, mm-hmm. I suppose, but it would yeah. still be the same tight, awful mess that it is today. In fact, it might even be worse because mm-hmm. of the way that like, um, the way that, uh, 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 very, very l- little bit worse, the way that the Lucas port and the way that the, the way that Lucas port, the way that the, um, uh, what is it called? The rocket jets, the way that the rocket jets mm-hmm. would be built and the submarine push into a little bit deeper into the land. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think, I don't know, would there be any more interesting things to do in Tomorrowland that aren't well, there today? Okay, so I, I think the Adventure for Your Inner Space ride was not long for its world. And on the other side was a Circle Vision 360 attraction. Right. Okay. The Tomorrowland 98 pretty much deals with the circle vision by making it a queue into rocket rods. And that takes away the pip mover. So let's go to this alternate reality where mm-hmm. let's just say that Star Tours is inside these two giant show buildings. So is Alien Encounter and so is maybe a couple other attractions. Plus this rock uh, rocket jets in this crystallite structure. Wait, they, they do Star Tours? I'm sorry. Uh... Yeah, yeah. My idea is that they would put Star okay. Tours in there. So you would have probably a new dark ride. My guess is, let's say, okay, Toy Story happens. Adventure for Your Space is right place by Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. And that's in there. And then on the other side, you have the... Uh, what is it? Um, the Circle Vision 360, and they add the Timekeeper in there. And then you have Space Mountain. You have Space Mountain. You have the 3D Theater. You and you also have whatever goes into that Mission to Mars building as well. Uh, so you have like a way more attractions. You still have an operating people mover, and you have this crystal structure with uh, an attraction up top. I don't think the problem is that Tomorrowland is a bottleneck issue. Mm-hmm. I think it more is that there's just not enough to do there. And there's not yeah. enough interesting themes besides Space Mountain, which is why everybody goes to Tomorrowland now. It's the only thing that's making it work. <laughs> Space the only way that Tomorrowland still exists is basically a prop up for Space Mountain. Yeah, but like if this is built, it's a more detailed rocket jets. It's a more detailed submarines. There's Alien Encounter, I guess. Um but Star Tours and Buzz Lightyear are still in this plan. So what exactly is drawing people here? The 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 Venture Port or the Lucas Port? Is that what you yeah, mean? I like, so, yeah, I think so. I think okay. So it, like basically, if we can learn anything from this today, it's that Disney is essentially wasting real estate with that Carousel of Progress building because something could go there. You're right. If you build mm-hmm. like a big building there that you could enter in with, I mean, we've talked about various indoor attractions or spaces whether it be those that are built in like countries in the real world like dubai or like ones that were never finished like the uh wizard of oz attraction um you know that carousel progress space may not be this you might not give them enough space to build an entire land like lucasport was planned uh or maybe it would but it, it certainly would be better than a dvc lounge which i believe is what it currently is i think they're opening a dvc lounge on the top level yeah, it's but the DVC correct lounge. Me if i'm wrong yeah there is no it's essentially a waste of space and mm-hmm. um sure like if there was once a plan to take that building and demolish it and put something more interesting something explorable something just bigger to eat crowds and yeah, mm-hmm. put a theater show in there i don't care yeah. um <laughs> 
Just put something in there. Yeah, the, sure, I agree. It, something on this scale would definitely help the problem with Tomorrowland. I think again, you run into the you would run into the bottlenecking problem because right now you're right. It's it, it, well, okay. Actually, I don't know if you're right because every time I've been in Tomorrowland recently, which was a couple of months ago, I was just absolutely freaking miserable, man. It was packed and nobody was going anywhere. Is the problem is that there's there's no foot traffic to anything in Tomorrowland. Uh, it just mm-hmm. become it's become like a walkway. But I think that yeah, if there was a Lucasport there, I I, I bet it would have helped. <laughs> Do you think it would have helped Lucas's name? Like people would have gone to Disney and they're like, well, you know, George Lucas. Okay. Lucas port. We can, and this is a quality, quality stuff. Okay. I think we could trust George Lucas on everything. Jump to like a couple of years later and Howard the Duck comes out. It's like a massive hit. <laughs> well, I, I'll say this. I think that Spielberg was a much smarter businessman than George Lucas. And that's not to say like he mm. was rich or anything, but that Spielberg would put his, he was very like clear about producing things and putting his name on things. Um, now, Lucas, of course, had like a pretty prominent, like you're saying, Howard the, he didn't direct Howard the Duck. He just, no, produced- he produced it, but in the whole, the whole thing with Howard the Duck was that he was putting his name and heft behind it. Yeah. Which is, it, yeah. He, you know, you have Lucas doing it for Howard the Duck. He produced it Kurosawa in the 80s. He produced, of course, Red Tails. Actually, he, uh, t- I did read about that. He he uh, was the director on reshoots mm. for Red Tails. Okay. Um, I mean, look, again, it's Red Tails. Uh, it's on <laughs> Disney Plus. If you, if you haven't seen it. So is Strange Magic. Strange Magic is an awesome story because from what I understand, <laughs> Disney, he... he they inherited it. Yeah, he demanded in his Star Trek con- or Star Wars contract that they mm-hmm. release Strange Magic theatrically. So they cut, what... like they cut like one trailer for it. Right. <laughs> they pulled it out of theaters as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny about Strange Magic? The director of that was Gary Rydstrom. And do you hmm. know where Gary Rydstrom was before Strange Magic? Um, no, I don't. It just says he was, he's a sound designer here. He was at Pixar, huh. and he was directing a film called Newt for Pixar. Oh! And the film yes. was canceled because among the fact that it was having lots of story problems, it also happened that a movie was coming out by Blue Sky Studios called Rio, which had a very, very similar plot. Mm. So John Lasseter uh, shuts uh, shuts it down, and Gar- Gary Rydstrom uh, is feeling like he has no point, and he wants to direct uh, an animated feature. So Lucasfilm reaches out and says, "Hey, could you know you could direct this for us?" And it was Strange Magic. So he leaves Disney and Pixar, goes direct Strange Magic, only for his film to be bought by Disney. <laughs> mm. And so then how it made about that no money. full circle? Yeah. It made it made thirteen million dollars. And it's on a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, it is it's not good. It's not good. Um no, I think that again with, with sorry, with the Spielberg thing, Spielberg, I mean, like, look, you're a kid, right? In the eighties, and you watch Spielberg movies as you grow up into the I guess I should say kid in the nineties. Because Spielberg has his name slapped all over Back to the Future, has his name slapped all over the Universal Studios at the like the inception. Mm-hmm. Um Tiny Toons. Yeah. And yeah, he's, like, really in the nineties, they're they're slapping his name on everything. And I mean 
I know a lot of people didn't like Hook, but a lot of kids liked Hook. And, uh, of course, every kid loved Jurassic Park. Every kid loved Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Yeah. The, the, the dude was slinging hats. No, and, and then in the early 2000s, he founds, uh, he founds uh, DreamWorks, right, mm-hmm. for and DreamWorks Animated. So, like, that is one way where, you know, Luke, Sp- uh, 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 Lucas, or excuse me, Spielberg was always at, like, the inception of that Hollywood group, uh, like, a bit of an outsider. He was more of a <laughs> mainstream kind of guy. You know, you read, like, interviews with people at the time. I was reading about Lucas was a like a party at Fort Coppola's, I think. And Scorsese was there and Lucas went downstairs to go flip on the TV and he watched like the first five seconds of Duel and then just watched the whole movie. So like there was this insider outsider thing. But the thing about Spielberg is that his name was built primarily, I mean, partially because his movies are great, but also because he was just incredible about marketing himself. Lucas, I don't know if he's the same, (laughs) clearly. And I don't necessarily think that Lucasport would have helped. (laughs) But if he had like stuck to... That could have been a step, I guess. I mean, sure, if he was like, if he had real estate in one of the most popular theme parks in the United States that basically said George Lucas, the creative genius, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that like the problem is that Lucas never, (laughs) never funded anything very good. (laughs) Well, I mean, like at least his name was good enough through 1994 when they opened up Alien Encounter. And have you heard the story of Alien Encounter? On why it has his name attached? I don't. No. Okay. So pretty much, uh, the alleged story is that in the early '80s, they are uh, bring George Lucas to the studio, and Imagineers are cooking up ideas for this attraction, which they're not sure if they should base it off of Ridley Scott's Alien or not. George Lucas sits on a down on a meeting. And like pitches a few ideas and the Imagineers go, okay, that's a good one. And then somebody walks in with a contract saying, okay, well, now that George, you agreed with George Lucas and had a meeting with him, his name has to be attached to this project. And apparently <laughs> Lucas barely like registered anything on it after that. And Eisner just didn't care about even wanting to squirm out of it because, hey, I could say that Lucas worked on this. Cool. Yeah, it's just a good it's just yeah. a really good uh good deal. You just get right. to have the term George Lucas mm-hmm. as a connected to a piece of science fiction. I'd right. not. I mean mm-hmm. the prequels hadn't come out yet. Now exactly. no one really yeah. wants that. So right. <laughs> could you imagine from yeah. the mind of George Lucas? Lucas, um, sure we want to do this? Which mind of George Lucas? Exactly. How Um, old was this material? Yeah, exactly. How many people did he rip this off from mm-hmm. and were they good? Uh, no, I, I, I think that naturally a bunch of, I mean, look, I, I guess we've gotten a little distracted from the star Wars ride. That just sounds <laughs> awesome. I don't see why they shouldn't have built it. <laughs> okay. You, you fund the billions of dollars. That exactly. To make it. No, it, it, that's just complete nonsense. Honestly, I'm vaguely curious as to what a Lucas port would become. I think that, you know how, like, They'll give auteurs a movie with a low budget and say, do whatever you want and see what mm-hmm. happens. I yeah. think Disney should start giving like little patches of real estate in their parks. Just random directors. Right. Say, make something. Just put something. Here's a couple million. Put something out and let's see what happens. I would love to have a little space where George Lucas can keep. They can make like a little theater and he can put in all of his really horrible 3D animation experiments. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is his little movies that he's making in his garage. That's what he says. He says he's making movies for no one and no one will ever see them. Yeah. So like, we're just going to go, um, well, we'll go to Ari Aster land and oh, uh, we'll Christ visit giant penis. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, Did we'll, you we'll... see Bo is afraid? No, I haven't seen Bo is oh. afraid yet. Well, sorry. Oh, there's your, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, if you want to go see Bo is afraid and what I just said sounded funny, then by all means. <laughs> all right. Isn't it like, like two hours, oh, three hours long or something? It's like two hours, 59. Yeah, it's really long. Oh my God. I saw an IMAX and I, wow. I went with a friend of mine who was like not really good with loud noises and they were just like suffering the whole time. It was awesome. It was three. I mean, it was horrible, <laughs> but it was awesome. You have one thought you were going to say you saw it in 3D. I, oh no, that would have been bad. <laughs> that would have been a nightmare. I I will say that if you can see it in IMAX, you should go see it. Um, <laughs> this says, I guess this says, is, is Ari Aster our new George Lucas? Yes, from the mind of Ari uh, Aster. We're like, wait, are you sure this is not a Horror Nights maze? <laughs> I'm gonna I get would, really depressed. <laughs> I would go to a Bo's Afraid Horror Nights maze. Yeah, uh, okay. No, I would say we're going, we're going build, really build off this court. <laughs> Phil Lucasport, I, <laughs> I don't. If, if money is not an option, I think a a roller coaster built entirely with like practical effects uh, would be awesome. And okay, I have a question for you. Okay, good. Would oh, you yes. rather have had Westcott or the Ventureport theme park? Westcott. Mm, yeah, Westcott. Okay. Because number one, Star Wars sucks now. And <laughs> if they built Star Wars rides and Lucas was still involved during the prequels, he'd ruin them. Um, mm-hmm. But number two, I don't think that, like, the Ventureport idea just seems so hodgepodge. Like, it's just a mess of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and then, again, Tony Baxter stuff. If, if I saw, like, a concept art that was more fleshed out, perhaps but like the i mean to me the westcott idea is just so much more interesting to have hotels mm-hmm. in the park to have the perimeter be world showcase and the interior be like a really decked out future world right if i remember if i'm remembering correctly um mm-hmm. that just sounds so much more like a powerful theme park that isn't like that doesn't feel like it was ripped out of Disneyland and expanded into an entire idea. Um, you would have things to do. It's like more of a shopping place for adults. That just seems a hell of a lot more interesting to me. Ventureport, like, um, I don't know. Think about it this way. If you built Ventureport, right? Naturally, there'd be an Indiana Jones area. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that there wouldn't be Indiana Jones in the Temple of the Forbidden Eye? Uh, yeah. There's a Dreamfinder and Figment area. How does that fit into anything? Star Wars attractions? Are, is this just essentially that Star Wars gate that everyone whines about on Twitter when they talk about Galaxy's Edge? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. ah, it should have all the Star Wars things that I know and love. Yeah. Um, I, I think to me, West Westcott's just a better, <laughs> better idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I'm, 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 is that okay. surprising to you? Because I would imagine... <laughs> That's the obvious answer. You would want to go with Epcot, yeah. Um, the, the Ventureport idea sounds like Tokyo Disney Sea, and I want that, but I don't no, know. No, but wait, Westcott sounds like Tokyo Disney Sea. Okay, I don't know. I mean, kind well, of. Would Ventureport have like? Would Ventureport look like the crystalline structure still? Is that I what it know. is? Or? I, I think that would be like the entrance, and then you would cross over the bridge. I mean, I suppose if we, there was more detail, right? I think uh, maybe I would. If we we had up. more to go on, on. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, so, uh, if about just building Lucasport itself, it's better than know. an empty building. That's true. God, that is you so lose true. Literally nothing. <laughs> you so only true. gain. Yeah. You only gain. 
now I'm going with the DVC. Of course, I'm going with Lucasport. It's just, it's so odd to think about that it would be still called Lucasport. It's so funny. It's just such a bizarre idea that it would be called that. I don't even know if it would be called that nowadays. Probably have had its name changed to, and we're rebranding it as maybe that's where galaxy's edge would have gone i don't know uh but yeah uh, yeah i'll I'll build it yeah let's build it so both we're on both an agreement to build yeah i i it's better than nothing like i I suppose alien encounter being built is like a bit unfortunate because i think i don't know how long that would have lasted well yeah that's Um, the thing i still think we we made this argument in the tomorrowland 2055 episode last time but the argument is always that it would fared better with disneyland locals than it would have you know where it was at with the magic kingdom yeah, you but, don't want to scare uh, your kids on the one thousand dollar a day. Oh, what did that TikTok say? They spent thirty six thousand. Oh my god, six hundred dollars, four thousand dollars, and they bought you know <laughs> eight hundred dollars in lightsabers, and then they spent grumbling all the way. They spent like forty dollars in shipping because they didn't want to carry them around. And yeah, please, please help me with my finances. I can't get this to make sense. Yeah, thousand dollars on lightsabers in my Disney day is expensive. But but that's the thing. That's all the problem with the Disney adults and how expensive disney is because they came in and they were they like i guess kids. we're gonna have to we're a family of five and we have to spend eight hundred dollars in lightsabers we just have to you have to you can't you can't enjoy the parks without it you know who to blame for this mm-hmm. you blame tim tracker because all these little kids go on the youtube kids app and they watch some adult with endless amounts of spending money buy a bunch of shit and then they drag their parents there and then they <laughs> whine and complain and the parents no, are like, uh, apparently this tiktok is just a very wealthy family who just goes and spends a lot and then they complain uh, about it <laughs> i i mean i guess you make your money well i know tiktok doesn't pay off that well so that's surprising but well it's just a wealthy family it doesn't <laughs> doesn't yeah. have to be an Addison Ray. You just have to be wealthy, have to be rich. You think they'd go to Lucasport? They would go to Lucasport and then they would buy it out. <laughs> it's a private event and then complain that there were only a couple rides and they didn't build a Star Wars roller coaster because it's unfeasible. No, I, I mean, yeah, it's better than nothing. This is one of those cases where literally the what is the alternative? An empty carousel of progress room? I guess if you're DVC, right. maybe you say no. <laughs> <laughs> you want to enjoy that free lounge you get what so, do you well, get like a coke freestyle mm-hmm. and a bag of pringles mm-hmm. all right I, 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 Ron I went, didn't raise my taxes for nothing <laughs> i went to the dvc lounge once at um above uh figment just because i got like a friend who had dvc Ooh, and, uh, it was they had three xboxes with disney infinity <laughs> they had a a coke freestyle and i think doritos <laughs> And I remember thinking, holy shit, how much money is sitting in this room right now? Like, if you just take every person and count up the, <laughs> the, the yearly dues. Uh, so I want to end this with some okay. huge news. Some huge Star Wars related news. Just opening right now, Hyperspace Mountain has returned to Disneyland. All mm. right. It's back. May the 4th be with you, everyone. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't. I know Hyperspace Mountain is supposed to be pretty, pretty boring, right? Because it's just like a bunch of little screens. It was nice for a second, for a temporary thing, yeah. But it keeps getting brought back, and it's like, well, when they first (sighs) did it, it was like one of those interim. Oh, Galaxy's Edge is opening soon, so Mm -hmm. yeah, we just got the Star Wars license, so let's shit something Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, and then uh, if I remember correctly, I don't. It's still in Paris, right? I don't think they've switched it. Yeah, they haven't. Back to Space Mountain. 
The, um, the Imagineers apparently are pushing hard for it to get removed, though. Yeah, I mean, but the problem is, is that, like, I don't know. I know that uh, it's hard to get people to come there anyways. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars is a pretty big people magnet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm surprised Hyperspace Mountain has lasted as long as it has. Or hasn't just completely shut down Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's like a constant back and forth. Uh, yeah. Whether it's going to go poorly, but... That sucks. May the fourth be with you, everyone. Another another Star Wars year. Another, you can get your Doc Andor Black Series figure on May 4th if you go oh, to awesome. Shop Disney. And then as you are waiting for it to deliver, you can ask yourself the last time you enjoyed a Star Wars movie. <laughs> you know, uh, to close, close this out, the um, last week I went to a Target and it had one of those <laughs> horrible Disney stores within. Yeah. 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 And uh, I... <laughs> I did tweet about it and somebody responded to me well you know this is good because where i grew up i didn't have a disney store near me i'm like okay well it would be nice if these weren't terrible looking yeah uh, that's the thing it's like, yeah uh, but it. you, they may basically what that person is saying is i'm so glad that they made the experience worse for everybody else right. it's like, because the disney store was like these big themed things this is not a disney mm-hmm. store this is yeah. a little tchotchke pop-up shop where you can buy shit mm-hmm. that they sell at target anyways like i don't think i've never seen anything at those pop-up disney stores that i felt was particularly attractive i don't know did you see anything there that was unique or new okay uh i will confess to something um i did buy something something from there right (laughs) it was the gravity falls journal number three from which i uh which i hadn't owned yet so i bought one i'm surprised they're still selling (laughs) i was surprised by that too um, but it could have been just accidentally placed there from the book section, which was nearby. So I'm choosing to believe it was probably that. Uh, Beautiful. But I did go over to the Star Wars section. And uh, do you remember that Star Wars bit from The Simpsons where Ralph has a diorama and it's just a bunch of action figures? <laughs> and that's what wins. <laughs> What's that, that's pretty much what it reminded me of. It was it's very just like sad. a bunch of shit. It's just yeah. a bunch of poorly placed action figures. And uh, I um yeah, my that's my favorite the state of Star Wars. The state of Star Wars is that I bought for I think one and a half times the price an opened Werner Herzog Mandalorian figure yeah. at Best Buy. They like clearly I think it got returned and they just put tape on it. Back <laughs> 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 on the shelf. Uh, uh, it's yeah. all over. Lucas Port yeah. could have saved it. Yeah, uh, Lucas Port could have saved Star Wars. You know, <laughs> from, from what, like a life of uh, three bad prequels and one very good sequel film, and the rest okay, and one very bad. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I think that does it for us uh, on today, May the 4th. In the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbillPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail and Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at UnbillPod at gmail.com. Reach us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review and tell us how we're doing. And if you don't like us, thank you for listening to Looking at Lucasfilm. I'm Brian Gong. May the force be with you, everyone. Live long and prosper. That sucks. It's like the most cheap shot joke there is. And now, Ryan Dorman reviews the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, uh, we should I should have mentioned I saw the Mario movie, by the way. 
Right. You didn't like it. No, it was awful. It was yeah. one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire oh my life. <laughs> Movie is mid, and then you're no, just it's like, it's not mid. It sucks. <laughs> I would rather watch a bad movie that tries than a mid movie that didn't. The soundtrack Mario... slaps, though. Not the songs, but the score. I like. No, I, I don't. I, I will say that like Star Wars ruined movies that are only references to me. Like now, I just watch that and I get nauseous. <laughs> There's no movie in the Mario movie. The only everyone like who reviews it, it's like this sucks, but it had the scene with Kid Icarus in it. And it's mm-hmm. like I played that. I have that at home. I don't need to go to the movie theaters to see that. <laughs> so I, really I paid thirty six dollars for popcorn. Now, if you want to talk about a what if, what if how what is the <laughs> world where Nintendo exists but Mario doesn't? But Mario doesn't exist. Yeah, because he's not. He's not a. He's not a game. But like Nintendo exists and NES exists, but not with Mario. Oh, that's a good point. I. That's wait. Okay, I see what you're saying now because I was really confused. But now I'm. You're saying that there's a universe where the NES came out and it has all of these games on it, but it doesn't have Mario. <laughs> right, no, exactly. no one played it. It's, it's just like Metroid <laughs> and Kid Icarus. And everyone's like, man, this is really missing something. <laughs> there's something missing. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, well are, here's, here's, here's Legend of Zelda. It's like, yeah, but... The GameCube came out. How did he get the GameCube sound on his I phone? I think it was just a joke. <laughs> Did they so so that's the question is because the 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 arcade cabinet that Charles Martinet is playing is uh Jumpman, I think Jumpman, yeah, yeah. So there's no Donkey Kong either. Mm-hmm. So right. we'd, we'd live in a world with no Donkey Kong and no Mario, and yet this company just kind of like Punch Out must have done really well or not because the guy's selling pizza now. Yeah, well, look, it made over a billion dollars, <laughs> and this is the world we live in because it's for little babies, it's for <laughs> little children. There's people if you like that guy, you know, Game Explain, you know, that channel. Mm-hmm. That that guy's seen the movie in theaters 10 times <laughs> that is <laughs> how do you how could you see that movie more than once what is there that movie like i went to the bathroom for like five seconds and all of a sudden they were on rainbow road and i was like what the hell just happened where did the movie go that was the best scene <laughs> Yeah, because they know why they played the, the Rainbow turtle, Road theme. Because <laughs> the turtle yells at the screen and goes "Blue Shell," and all the kids go, "I know that." I, I played Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, and they have a little they have a little guy on a little <laughs> cart outside every theater with a Nintendo Switch, and you can buy one. Oh, okay. 